0: miss i did miss hearing that every week when we were outside (laughs) some of you will remember um, especially i think uh, our mothers uh, on mother's day I preached uh, from, you know, about Ananias and Surveyor a bit. (laughs) So, so, uh, as the Lord can only do and set up timing-wise, this week, we're going to talk about uh, Stephen being stoned. So, the title of the message, Martyred with Jesus, uh, it's funny, uh, the Lord brought this... Mar, the, the Lord brought this uh, to mind this week, how <laughs> I remember in the past being critical of certain pastors and their selection of certain verses at certain times. Uh, a pastor who preached on circumcision for, for Easter. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, uh, I don't know if that's the best choice. And, and then the Lord just kind of turned that around on me and like, oh, look at this. I, I know, okay. All right. Stop being critical. You know what? God leads. He leads. It's just, yeah. a, amen. <laughs> Oh, hallelujah. We're teaching Robert how to amen. Uh, so <laughs> that's, I uh, started last week and he's, he's, he's starting to get there. So I uh, appreciate him. He's a good man and I'm uh, glad to have him amening. Uh, still working on timing, but that's okay. It's good. <laughs> oh, boy, I tell you. All right. Uh, <laughs> Will you read with me? Let's start, and uh, we're going to read a couple of different uh, sections here. We're going to read the end, uh, verses 8 through the end of chapter 6. And then we're going to jump over to the end of uh, chapter 7, and we'll start at verse 51, and then we'll read all the way into chapter 8 to verse 3, okay? So that's where we're headed. So if you open up to Acts, you can flip around, and and that's at least you know where I'm jumping to and and all of that. So let's let's read this uh, word of the Lord. Uh, Acts chapter 6, verse 8. And Stephen and gazing at him all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel verse 51 Stephen gives this long response and then ends with this you stiff-necked people Now, when they had heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, "'Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God.' But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him." Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. And committed them to prison. And again, Happy Father's Day. (laughs) This man, Stephen, um, amazing, right? You know, this is one of the guys that's appointed by the apostles to take care of the widows, right? You know, there's this complaint that rises up. You know, we talked about that last week, you know, complain about, you know, hey, these, all, all the widows aren't getting taken care of. And so we've got to get somebody to come in and help. And, and so Stephen is one of the ones who gets selected for this position. Caring for widows, caring for the church, caring for people in need. And I I love how it starts in verse eight, and that he is filled with the Spirit. Right? You know that it says exact words: he's full of grace and power, and doing great wonders and signs among the people. What I love about this is, you know, this is this is kind of a push against the cessationists in our world today. Like, no, 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 it's just the apostles who had the power to do these great things. No, 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 no. Right here, Stephen is not an apostle. Matter of fact, he's just been commissioned just to care for the widows. I mean, that seems like just kind of a a normal job. What do you need the Holy Spirit for that for? Well, okay, maybe, right? I don't know. Maybe that's a need, right? But anyway, Stephen is, he's not an apostle, yet he's given the Holy Spirit. And not just a Holy Spirit that kind of sits behind the scenes, but a Holy Spirit who empowers him to do great wonders and signs. The Holy Spirit is for all of us. All of us get to enjoy the Holy Spirit. All of us have within us the ability and the power to do great signs and wonders. Not because we're great, not because of our amazing faith, but because we are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. And Stephen, just a normal guy filled with the Holy Spirit, does miracles, does unbelievable things. You know, this is part of what the pushback that was happening from the leadership of the Jews is that they're, wait a second. <laughs> they're like, the presence of God is in the temple. It's not in you. What, what are you doing doing great wonders? That happens in the, pe- in the temple. You don't, you don't just do that anywhere. You not, not just anybody can say, oh, I have the presence of God with me. No, no, the presence of God is in the temple. Part of the tension that begins to happen here in the the first century church as it begins to expand. Remember, at first we're all in the temple. We're continuing Christians are worshiping in the temple. But then the persecution begins to come because they don't like that message, the Jews and the Pharisees. So they start pushing out. And part of the push out was that, no, no, no. This is the place where the presence of God dwells. And yet the disciples were saying, no, no, no. Holy Spirit, the presence of God dwells with each and every one of us. The proclamation in Acts 2 by Peter of this, you know, Joel passage, that the Holy Spirit will be poured out in all flesh. Wait a second. How can, no, wait a second. That's, that can't happen. Jeremiah 31, 33, I think we have that on the screen for you for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days declares the Lord I will put my put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people this was prophesied beforehand, but, but the Pharisees were blind to it. They didn't want to see it. And now the apostles are experiencing the fact that the law has been written on their heart. This is the accusation against Stephen by the Pharisees. Is not only are they atta- he, is, is Stephen attacking the temple, the presence of God, but he's attacking the law. Wait a second. The law says it's here. This is what it is. It's in the book. It's what we understand it to be. And, and, and he's saying, wait a second. No, no. The law is written on my heart now. And so I'm able to live in a different way. I'm able to understand more fully what that law actually means and how to live it out. And it's not contained to just a cultural expression or understanding. So we see Stephen, just by his very existence of having the Holy Spirit within him and and being empowered to do signs and wonders is an offense to the Pharisees, to the religious leaders of the day. But it wasn't just that is that he was living in freedom and he he didn't back down when they came to him and began to try to show him where he was wrong they were shocked because they couldn't defeat him because he was empowered with wisdom and words to be able to defend what he was how he was living and what he was experiencing <laughs> and then understanding that they couldn't defeat his arguments, understanding that if indeed this this new way, these Jesus followers, if it wasn't just going to be contained to 12 men, if indeed it was going to spread and there was going to be others that had the same abilities and powers, not just to do signs and wonders, but to be able to defend the faith, then they needed to do something about this. They could no longer turn a blind eye to these Jesus followers. And so Stephen becomes an example. An example that, in essence, kicked off a season of great persecution against the church. Not from Rome. Rome from the church I'm amazed as well with Stephen as I slowed down and read that one passage at the end of six where his face glowed like an angel and then at the end while he's being stoned God gives him a vision it's like he Rolls back the scroll of heaven, and he can see. <laughs> Understand that Stephen was not the first martyr, Jesus was, and with this vision. While he's getting stoned, understand this as well that Stephen did not get martyred alone. He was martyred with Jesus. You know, martyrdom is an example that was set to us by Jesus. In some sense, it seemed totally strange. Again, the, the, the disciples, right? They were totally freaked out by this. They could, couldn't figure out what was going on. Jesus just got crucified. He actually died. They actually put him in a tomb. He's dead. This, this man who was the Messiah, the one who was the Christ, who was going to bring back the kingdom, right? It was going to be amazing. It was going to wipe out Rome, and it was going to be the, the, the glory days of Israel again, of the Jews it was going to reign on earth, and it didn't happen. He died. What happened? So devastated by that, but Jesus was setting a new pattern for the way of those, for the way to live for those who followed him. Yes, yeah. it. And the new pattern was of sacrifice, not of war. The fight was not in a military battle. It wasn't in conquering through uh, through 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 physical a- a- a means and strength. It was through sacrifice. It was through death. Jesus sets this example, and, and I don't think if Jesus had done that, Stephen certainly wouldn't have stood there and allow himself to be stoned. When he got pushed back, he would have just kind of walked away. And said, just joking. Yeah, I don't really believe that, right? You guys, don't you have a sense of humor? I mean, really, come on. But because Jesus died, Stephen was willing. And of course we know that that pattern has been passed down for the last 2,000 years to us today. The followers of Jesus Christ conquer through sacrifice. How do we become a martyr. (laughs) What does that look like? I think three things that I've identified that we'll kind of walk through. In short, encounter with Jesus, witness with Jesus, and sacrifice with Jesus. Those who... Are going to be martyrs, or though, the martyrs are those who have encountered Jesus. They know Jesus. They've heard Jesus. Even with the example that Jesus set, Stephen would not have allowed, wouldn't have given his life freely, wouldn't have stood up against the persecution that came unless he personally had an encounter with Jesus if he had not experienced the filling of the Holy Spirit in in, in power, if he had not experienced the signs and wonders that came out of him, if he hadn't had this amazing personal encounter with Jesus, there's no way he stands and defends the, the radicalness of his faith and what he's calling people to. There's no way he goes to martyrdom because he doesn't know. I mean, mean, it's one thing, we all know this, like it's one thing to hear that Jesus is real from someone else. It's one thing to hear that the Seattle Seahawks are amazing football team, right? Thank Thank you, thank you, thank you. So good, so good, so good. It's another thing to experience him personally. We have for too long allowed our faith to be dependent on simple, uh, simple theology or doctrine. We've allowed our faith. We've called people to faith just to accept this, these, these beliefs about Jesus, about this man who lived 2,000 years ago. Well, we don't, I mean, yeah, he probably was alive, but I mean, there's a lot of record of him, right? So, yeah, probably a guy named Jesus, and he probably did die on a cross, but I don't know who he is. We call people to believe in just this name of Jesus without recognizing and not calling them to have an encounter with the living Lord, Jesus Christ. Because it is relational. The thing that changes us, if we're going to be a martyr for Jesus, we we have to have an encounter with him. If we don't know, not in our heads... Not even in our hearts, but if we do not know intimately Jesus, we will not die for him. We won't sacrifice for him. Some of us might live for him. Some of us might jump through the the hoops and check off the boxes for him. Some of us might go, well, you know, just in case this is real, maybe, you know, kind of that fire insurance perspective. Yeah, I'm going to go to church on occasion. I'm going to read the Bible occasionally, pray occasionally, especially when things are going bad. But we won't sacrifice for him. If we're going to be martyrs with Jesus, we have to have an encounter with him. Have you had an encounter with Jesus? (laughs) If you're sitting here today and you listening to this, can't in your mind think of a time when you've heard clearly the voice of God speak to you, clearly felt his presence with you, clearly known that he has empowered you. If you can't think of any time in your life where you've had that kind of personal experience with Jesus, then I would encourage you to question whether or not you know Jesus. Because Jesus calls us to know him. John 17 3 What is salvation? To know God and the one whom he sent. To know him. Not to know about him. Not to do things for him. But to know him. The reason the disciples were able to endure the persecution that came and stood up boldly over and over and over again was because they had such an encounter with Jesus that they, there was no way they could deny him. There was no way they could give up. They, there's no way they could say, oh, no, Jesus doesn't really exist. Oh, no, Jesus really is still dead and in the tomb or somewhere. We stole his body, right, really? That's something that happened. They're not going to do that because they had an encounter with Jesus. He was alive. He was right in front of them. And whether they saw him with their physical eyes or not doesn't matter because with their hearts and with their spirits, they knew it. They knew him. They knew him. They were with him. And it's that kind of encounter. that will lead us to follow Jesus and to be martyrs with him. Second thing that martyrs have in common or that makes us a martyr is that we're those, martyrs are those who proclaim Jesus in word and deed. Perhaps you know this, I think it's fairly common knowledge, but maybe not. But the Greek word that we get martyr from means Witness. It wasn't until later that the word was begun, began to be used as those who had a witness unto death. Those who proclaim Jesus in word and deed are quite literally those who are witnesses, those who are martyrs for Jesus. Acts 1 8 we uh, we know that pat, that uh, verse as well. Do we have it? I think I can't remember if I put it up there or not. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. That word, it's martyr. that's martyr. in the Greek, it's martyr. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Christianity is not meant to be a silent religion. We, we have to understand that there are other religions that really struggle with Christianity. Like, why do you have to evangelize? Why can't you just, like, you know, believe what you believe and then just hang out? Like, just, be, just do your thing. Like, let live, you know, let me live. Be, live and let live, right? You know, just stop. Why are you going around trying to proselytize everybody? Just do your thing, whatever you like, and, you know, just let us alone. We can't. Quite literally, we can't. If we really and fully understand who Jesus is and what he's done for us and the world, we can't help but be a witness for him. Because the reality is is Jesus did not come just to make our life a little bit better. He came to transform us completely. He came in, he says in Romans 5, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. When we accept Jesus as Lord, what is happening is he is transforming this sinner into something beautiful and holy and glorious. It's a, it takes radical transformation. It's not just a little bit of tweaking. I, I, I'm sorry when I hear some Christians tell those who are not Christians but live a pretty moral life that it's not a really big deal. You just have to go to church on occasions. No, 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 no. Every one of us, no matter how moral we're living our lives, need total transformation. And Jesus is the one who brings it. And understand that that transformation is not just individual it is supposed to transform our families. He's, he's there to transform our culture, our neighborhood, our world, our nation. He's here to transform it all. And when we understand that as Christ followers, we can't help but share. We can't help but be a witness to Jesus. For too long in America, we have, we have allowed, Christians in America have allowed. The, the moral culture that we live in to isolate us and thinking that we don't have a, you know, have, it's not a, that we don't have a responsibility to impact the world. Like, I, there's too many of us that say, you know, well, I'm good and my family is good. And so as long as those are done, that's okay, then whatever. Let the world go to hell. That's fine. Oh my gosh, what are we doing? That is not Jesus. That is not what Jesus is calling us to He's calling us to to Radically transform This sinful culture And sinful world that we live in Those who are martyrs With Jesus Are those that can't remain quiet About who he is And what he's done Stephen Couldn't be silenced Even Even when the stones start flying, <laughs> I see Jesus standing next to God. The final thing that I think that uh, is part of what it means to be a martyr is martyrs are those who live and die with Jesus. Living and dying, <laughs> we can look at that in the strictly physical sense of giving our life. And, and I think many of us would, I know, I think I would, like, if it came down to it, you know, and someone put a gun to my head and said, do you believe in Jesus? I'm like, yeah, let's go. In some sense, the dying physically part, that's kind of like the easy part. Right Even Paul, right? He's like, "You know, that's the better thing." <laughs> like, eh, I, I, I could die. Yeah, let's go." <laughs> but living with Jesus, sometimes that's a greater sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Eh, eh. <laughs> living with Jesus when it hurts, when life is really painful. In some sense, it would be much easier, right? Lord, just take me. I'm ready. And hallelujah, he will in his time. He's got that date picked out already. But living with Jesus can be a whole lot harder. Living with Jesus means that we live with disruption. And we die to comfort. We have to let go, any of us in here who are still clinging to this, we have to let go of if I do everything right, then I'm going to get blessed and I'm going to get all these worldly blessings and it's going to be great. My life is going to be amazing. It's going to be so easy. But just drop that. Hopefully the last few years that, that's, you know, we've kind of gone through some stuff and that you've let go of that a lot. But understand that our tendency is always to get back into some kind of routine, some time, a new normal, right? We're constantly trying to get back so that I know, okay, tomorrow is tomorrow's Monday, that's my day off, so I'm going to hang out at home, do nothing, it's going to be great, and then Tuesday, okay, I go to the office, and I go through my emails, and I go my things, and I, and I do my administration stuff, and I make a lot of communication, and then Wednesday, that's my sermon prep day, so I'm home in the morning to do my sermon prep, and then I got a staff meeting in the afternoon, and then youth group Wednesday, I actually got an EC meeting this week, and then Thursday, okay, I'm back, you know, just kind of meeting with a lot of different people. And then Friday, I got to meet somebody, maybe work on my sermon a little bit. Saturday, it's like crash course on my sermon. I got to make sure I get that done because tomorrow's the day and then Sunday, right? We we want to have this routine. And the thing that Jesus is doing in me over the last three or four months, especially is he's breaking up my routine constantly. (laughs) He's saying, no, you can't have that routine. Some of you remember a few, you know, a couple months back, you know, he's like, I'm sitting here and I got my message already. And he says, no, you're not preaching that message. What do you mean? I'm not preaching that message. Wait, he's, re- he's messing with our attitudes. If we are going to be followers of Jesus, if we're going to be martyrs with Jesus, then we have to live with disruption and we have to die to comfort. Let it go. The new normal is not normal constantly. Amen. I was wondering if you fell asleep over there. It's been a long time. Jeez. Uh, we have to learn to live with kingdom dreams and die to our man made dreams are you still dreaming about your retirement days some of you are already there (laughs) are you still dreaming about what you're going to get to do someday in the future things you're going to get to experience trips you're going to get to be able to take Are you still dreaming man-made dreams? We got to let those die. It's not that we don't have man-made dreams. Don't get me wrong. Dying to them doesn't mean that you just never are going to enjoy them or think about them. Dying to them is that they don't drive your life. And so we die to the man-made dreams and we live with Jesus with the kingdom dreams. The dreams about July 2nd going to two services and what God's going to do. I don't know. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. You guys are going to be, it's going to be awesome. Like who's, what's he going to do? Like man, kingdom dreams of all of the new believers that he's going to bring to our church. Kingdom dreams about the outpowering of the Holy Spirit that will empower us to be able to go into all the world and share the gospel. This is a dream God gave me on Tuesday night in prayer meeting. I, I use dream lightly because I just don't dream. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not an image guy. Like Becky, there's some people that like have images and dreams. Like I, that's not me. Okay. I don't have those pictures in my mind, but this is the little bit of the picture that he gave me. He gave me, uh, he reminded me of Billy Graham. I shared this with several of you or this week, because it's just been so cool. But anyway, remind me of Billy Graham in the middle of prayer, Billy Graham, Woo, Billy Graham. He's a great guy, evangelist, right? And I've heard about Billy Graham. Maybe you have as well, that every time it didn't matter what he preached, he could, he could preach on Ananias and Sapphira. He could preach on Stephen, right? And at the end, he would give a gospel presentation and people would just come flooding forward. Like, it didn't matter what he preached. Why did people still come? Didn't matter what he preached. Because... He had an evangelistic spirit. The Holy Spirit was indwelling his words. And as he spoke them, that spirit, for whatever reason, chose Billy Graham was going to be the source, right? And he'd come through him, and he would would enter into the ears of these people who didn't know Jesus, and it would give them faith. And so they came forward. And so here's the vision that God gave me. That this church is going to be indwelt with the Evangelistic spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And that as we go into this world, it won't matter if we've got all of our you know, answers ready for, to defend the faith. It won't matter what we're talking about at the coffee shop or at work or in our neighborhoods. It won't matter what we're doing, but once we give a call, once we speak the name of Jesus, once we share the gospel, that the Holy Spirit will indwell those words, no matter how pleasant they sound or how broken up and messed up they are, however it is, and it'll go into the ears of these people who don't know Jesus and their hearts will believe And they'll come forward. And that's how we're going to fill two services. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to have to fast forward through the rest of these. But those who are martyrs with Jesus need to learn to live with spiritual wealth and die to physical wealth. we're we're hoarding our money why just so that we can live this human dream man-made dream someday we need to learn to live with changes and die to traditions we need to live with revelations and die to our theologies We need to live with intimacy and die to religion. We need to live with the body of Christ and die to our family and friends. Close this little section with, um, with a quote that uh, was shared with me actually by uh, Jessica this week from uh, a guy named, pastor named Doug Sheets. Recent message he gave talking about <clears throat> living with Jesus, and he said these words, and I think it's just so perfect for the martyr lifestyle, right? The living, being a martyr with Jesus. He said this: "He said, when what you desire to do is born out of a dream imparted to you from God, and now you're dreaming His dream with Him, everything changes." You'll die for that dream if you have to. You'd be burned to the stake for that dream. You'd die on a cross for that dream. You'd be crucified upside down for that dream. You'd let them stone you because of that dream. You'd let them beat you with rods. And I don't have a name anymore. Sorry. You'd let them beat you with rods or with lashes. You'll sacrifice homes, buildings, possessions, to go to another part of the world impoverished where you'll live in a grass hut. You'll do anything for that dream. It's a high call to be a martyr, to have an encounter with Jesus, to be his witness, and to live and die with Jesus. But understand the call is not for us to conjure it up on our own because there's one other thing I've already kind of mentioned earlier. The reason that Stephen can stand in the midst of this persecution is because he had the Holy Spirit within him. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit, not just to do signs and wonders, but to be martyr with Jesus. It is the Spirit who inspires us To live a life of martyrdom. It's a sovereign move of God. If you think that somehow you can just kind of create a martyrdom life, a martyred life with Jesus, like, you know, if you just put in enough effort, if you think, okay, well, I'm just going to force an encounter with Jesus, right? Oh, oh, I'll just make it. Felt, I felt something on my stomach. I think that was Jesus. Oh, I got this encounter with Jesus. Yay! Right? If you think that somehow you can just, you know, learn your way through scripture and make sure that you've got all the answers so that when you go out and you are a witness to him, it doesn't matter what comes out, you can just, you know, somehow answer those questions. You're just so perfectly trained and ready to go. If you think that somehow you can actually know what Jesus is calling you to live to and what he's asking you to die to without the Holy Spirit, you can't just give it up. Just stop right now. We cannot be martyrs with Jesus unless the Holy Spirit empowers us to be. And so the pursuit of every Christian is not discipline. Discipline. It's not spiritual practices. It's not effort on our part to make ourselves better. It's not behavior management. We seek Jesus. And we cry out to him. Jesus, I need an, out- I need an encounter with you. I need you to empower me with wisdom and words to speak when the time comes that you would give me courage and faith to stand in the midst of persecution and even death. Because without you, Jesus, without your Holy Spirit empowering me, there's no way I'll do it. Those of us that think the gun to our head, oh yeah, I could do it. If you can, if you do, if it ever happens to you, hey, it's like a rhyme. It's because of the Holy Spirit that has empowered you to do so. The Holy, Holy Spirit is the one who inspires us. We cannot create martyrdom on our own. Stephen didn't even go looking for it. He was just doing his stuff. He's just doing the ministry that Jesus was calling him to. You know, 1 Peter 3.17, I think this we have this one on the screen. For it is better to suffer for doing good... If that should be God's will. We can suffer for doing the will of Jesus. And if we do, praise the Lord. But if we're going around trying to create persecution, then we're not following Jesus. We're not martyrs with Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit that inspires and directs and leads. And as we are doing that, if persecution comes, then he will empower us to endure whatever comes our way. Again, he empowers us. He empowers us with wisdom. Mark thirteen eleven talks about how don't worry when you get arrested. Don't worry when persecution comes. You know, Stephen didn't say, hey, wait on, wait a second, guys. Can I come back to you next week? I've got to put together a message and uh, kind of response to this little rebuttal to your guys' accusations. When I come back next week then, now, even if he did that, the Holy Spirit would do that. But you know, in the moment, like, he just stands there, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just downloads. And, he, and his wisdom is beyond their, they're like, oh, my So I, I don't know what to do with that. I mean, that guy's just brilliant. Like, it, who is he? This is just Stephen. Like, I, I, how does he know this stuff? Right? So the Spirit will empower us with wisdom, with words will manifest like maybe our face will glow like the angels. He will give us visions. Maybe we'll see the curtain of heaven pulled back and see Jesus standing next to God. Maybe he will give us courage. He will give us the faith. We can't do it on our own. But also, and I love this part, Stephen's last words, Father, forgive them. And do not hold this sin against them. I'm sorry, but, you know, Jesus has this, you know, Matthew 5, 40, 43 to 48. I got a couple of verses here. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes the sunrise on the evil and on the good, sends rain on the just and on the unjust. I'm sorry, we can't love our enemies without the Holy Spirit. There's no way he prays that prayer, Stephen, at the end of his life. There's no way that those are the last words unless the Holy Spirit has given him those words and empowered him to speak them out. See, here's the thing. You know, so often we can, I think in America today, we've got this Old Testament mindset about the world that our job as Christians is to go out and defeat and destroy the evil world that's out there. And we mean that quite literally. Like, if we have to go to war, let's go to war. We've got this. We've got, you know, God, we're God's armies. We're going to get, we're going to take them down. We are in a new covenant in the blood of Jesus, in the blood of Jesus, not the sword of Jesus, in the blood of Jesus. And there are too many of us today that look at our enemies and those who may or do persecute us, and we think our job is to destroy, to take down. No, no, no. Our job is to love, to pray blessings over them. It's not to force them into the kingdom. It's not to to hurt them. It's not to call fire from heaven down on them. That's Old Testament covenant new testament covenant is in the blood of jesus and people come to christ because of our sacrifice worship team why don't you come on up as we close with a couple of thoughts actually just some questions have you encountered jesus let me encourage you again i said earlier if you haven't had a personal encounter with jesus then maybe you need maybe you don't know jesus and if that's stuck in your heart when i said that then i I just want to encourage you to come forward at the end here in a minute and we're gonna have people up here praying please come forward we we would love to pray for you into that and figure out what's got what god's doing what he's calling you into But for others of us, maybe we had an encounter with Jesus, but it's been a while. Let me encourage you, don't settle for religion. I think as we walk into this new, I think, era of the church where the Holy Spirit seems to be being poured out in more abundance than we've experienced in my lifetime and for probably, you know, at least for maybe decades or more. Um, I, like, there was a season when, like, encounters with Jesus, like, were real personal encounters with Jesus. May, maybe they didn't happen a ton. Like, you know, maybe there was, uh, you know, encounters that happened, but, you know, just kind of, you know, periodically through life, but it wasn't super often, right? But I just sense and feel like right now we're walking into this new era where like, it's like Jesus wants us to know, like, Hey, get ready. Like, and so he just like keeps, I've had so many experiences in the last six months. Like, it's just amazing. It's unbelievable. And so, and it's not, it, don't say, "Oh, well, you're the pastor, please stop. Jesus is the head. The rest of us are all equal under that head. We all can experience and enjoy, and he wants us to, right? So, so just, we need to be opening ourselves up and ready for that. Don't settle for religion anymore. Yeah. Don't just come because you're checking off the box or because, well, this is just my routine. This is what, he wants to mess up with your routine, right? He wants to mess with it. Like he does mine, and I hope he does yours too because it really is not fair if I'm the only one. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Getting so good. Second question, is your faith transforming you? Is it transforming your family? Is it transforming your world? It's not just an individual belief. If things aren't getting transformed around you, right? Cry out, Holy Spirit, come. Empower me to be a witness for you in this world. Last question, what is Jesus asking you to die to? Are you clinging to something that's not him? Will you stand with me? We're gonna sing a song or two and prayer team, actually why don't you go ahead and come up now and if you feel like the Lord is speaking to you and you need some prayer, I uh, want somebody to just kind of process that with, uh, with you, then please come forward now and, and uh, we'll have them up here for a while so you can come after the worship as well. But uh, yeah, let's uh, continue to worship together in song. Heavenly Father, hear our hearts cry this morning. Our hearts cry is for you to empower us, Lord, to be martyrs with Jesus. Lord, give us an encounter, continually give us new encounters with you. Lord, give us the inspiration and the strength and the courage to be a witness, to allow you to transform our world. And Lord, help us to live with you and to die with you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, therefore having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, "Let light shine out of darkness is shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us, we are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. So that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you and skipping down to verse 16, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transcendent, but the things that are unseen are eternal. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you need prayer, or if you want to continue to worship, we're going to continue to do some songs here. But if uh, you want prayer, please come. We would love to pray for you, with you. And if you need to go, then please go. But uh, God is good, and go with Jesus. May we all become martyrs with Jesus. Amen.